Welcome back to the Mob Squad Pod. This is episode 1616. Uh, it's week four now. Week three is behind us. Um, we'll get into how the game went, obviously, but man, that was uh, that was a tough one. Um, I'm here with Manny this week. Uh, Manny, how's it going? How you feeling? Afternoon, my friend. Uh, what a game. I know it, it ended up in a uh, loss, but I, I still believe there's lots of positives to at least point out and talk about and, you know, especially growth from this team itself. You know what I mean? So, um, listen, I know you were at, you know, up in uh, upstate New York. I hope the trip went well. I hope you tried some poutine, if that's even how you pronounce it. <laughs> it is how you pronounce it, yes. There you go. Uh, yeah, so the trip was good. Obviously, it would have been a lot better if we could have actually gone to bill's stadium and watch the game in person especially that game um i'll get into that a little bit in a second but uh the trip went well it was a good time it was my first time ever being in new york uh so it was cool uh i got to try poutine um interesting there's like 18 30 different varieties of it um oh my goodness it's like it's like freaking wings flavor yeah (laughs) you um, you want it, it was uh, it was an experience. I got to try poutine, got to try some cool uh, New York beers. I got to have some, you know, authentic uh, New York style pizza and some Buffalo Ooh. style pizza, which is different, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good trip. So I'll, I'll kind of come back to that as we go along. But uh, <laughs> we'll start off with the, the recap of the game. Obviously, very, very tough loss. Um, like you said, there's a lot of positives to take away from it. Um, also there's some negatives, uh, but it's not all bad. So I certainly feel like, you know, if this had happened to a lesser team, obviously it would have hurt a little bit more, but, uh, the bills are a really good team. There were some question marks kind of coming into the game because their two wins had come against the jets and the dolphins. So, me especially and a lot of other people were kind of thinking you know are these guys for real uh and that was my one of my biggest factors into picking the rams to win the game because i felt like the the bills just hadn't been tested yet and they were going to be um in for a rude awakening as far as playing legit playoff talent you know so and hey up until the last you know 15 seconds of the game the rams had this game so uh tough tough uh but like you said a lot of positives to to look forward to as well um final score ended up being 35 32 the referees had a huge huge play in this game on multiple occasions and the referees ended up being the deciding factor in this game um there is a very controversial fourth down penalty on Darius Williams that led to the touchdown. Um, based on what you saw, Manny, maybe maybe we're a little biased here, but mm-hmm. um, what were your thoughts on that uh, defensive pass interference call? Were you okay <sighs> with it? Did you think it was questionable either way? I mean, when you first look at it in live action, you can probably say it looked like a penalty, but like upon further review, it just looked like it was a bang bang play. Um, it wasn't so blatantly holding or, you know, or like it's not like he tackled 
um, the wide receiver when he made the cut. So, you know, it's fourth down, game's on the line. That's just a call that your whistle shouldn't, or I'm sorry, your flag, it shouldn't even be, you know, anywhere near your, you know, your hands whatsoever, unless obviously if it's blatantly, you know, there. Um, I thought it was weak. I thought the refs probably, um, you know, they thought it over for one second and said, no, that ha- that has to be a penalty because of the way that the Bills wide receiver fell. Um, again, you battle all the way back after scoring, I think it was 30 plus points um, consecutively. Okay. Your offense, you know, personally, I thought it should have not even come to that. But again, Rams' first drive on offense was a, was a great drive that you ended up with no points because of missed field goal, and you hurt yourself throughout the whole first half. And the defense, to be honest, I didn't think the defense played a bad half of football. It just felt like the Bills got every single bounce, you know, go their way. And then in the second half, I don't know what was said at halftime. I don't know what Sean McVay said, Aaron Donald, or the or the leaders on that football team. But man, they came out of there like dogs. They came out of there with a sort of, you know a sort of mentality of saying, you know what, we're better than this. And that's the part that hurts the most is that you saw this team battle. You saw this team all of a sudden move the football against the Bills defense that supposedly they couldn't do in the first half. And they started to stop Allen and the offense on consecutive drives. Like I, like I hadn't seen Allen so rattled up in the first couple of weeks of the season until that second half of that game. So to lose on a penalty like that on fourth down, I just feel like the refs should have just, you know what I'm saying? It's very easy for me to say that, but I want to say even Bills fans that are honest fans, they look at that, and if it was vice versa, I'm pretty sure they'd say it was a bang-bang play. But, of course, they got the call that they got the win. It is what it is because, you know, most fans will be like, well, the Rams fans got the call, you know, uh, you know against the Saints. You know, or whatnot. So not everything is going to be going their way. But still, you hate to lose on a play like that after you battled so hard after being down so much early. Yeah, I know Josh Allen was asked about it after the game, and he said he doesn't like winning games like that. Um, you know, at on, least he was honest. Yeah, exactly. But he, uh, he said he's not going to complain about it, which you no. shouldn't because you got no. the win. Um, where Where I'm at on this is – I'm okay with the call only because I think it was a makeup call. Honestly, um, that interception call that they made that I still don't know how they made, but they ended up giving the Rams an interception on a um, pass that was completed to, I want to say it was Tyler Croft. Um, I could be wrong on that, but if you remember the play, I believe it was in the third quarter. Um, Josh Allen Josh made a, Allen. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Josh made a really good throw guy caught it in the air as he was coming down. John Johnson kind of came down with him and they both had their hands on the ball. And for whatever reason, the refs determined that that was an interception. I don't know how I really, that, that play blew my mind. And, uh, me and all my friends were at this place called Riverworks in Buffalo it's basically, if you can imagine, it's a big emptied out warehouse that they've basically turned into an entertainment facility. So they have like a huge stage in there for concerts. They've got a huge big screen TV, tons of tables. So we're in there with a, it was like basically filled to capacity with uh, Bills fans. Um, when that play happened, 
that place erupted. They were <laughs> furious, and rightly so, because I like I said, that call was kind of horseshit. Excuse my language, but uh, I don't know how that call was made. Um, but if that call is going to go our way, it's kind of hard to be mad at the end of the game and have that call go against us because uh, one bad call deserves another, and and it is what it is. And we've already seen earlier in this season, week one, that Jalen Ramsey uh, penalty that was called on Michael Gallup, you mm-hmm. know, that could be argued as well, and that penalty mm-hmm. kind of gave us the win. So <laughs> some some days the refs are going to be on your side. Some days they're not. Um, it's It really sucks to have that kind of be – the deciding reason as to kind of why the game went the Bills' way, but I, I'm kind of, I can't be mad at the call because the Rams got a gift, Bills got a gift. We're kind of even there. Um, so the Rams are now two and one. Uh, they ended up erasing a 25 point second half deficit, which is huge. Uh, and I'm going to be upfront and honest. Uh, at halftime, I was telling everybody the game's over, no shot. Um, I, that first half team looked really bad. Uh, and to make things worse, I felt like Sean McVay's, uh, play calling and some of his strategy was a little bit weird in the first half. Like there was a lot of times where I was just like, what, what? are you doing? Exactly. Yeah. What are you doing? Um, exactly. same, I, here. same here. I was scratching my head when he sent out Sloman for that 53 yard field goal Mm -hmm. into the wind. I don't know if people remember that or realize that, but that was a 53 yard field goal, which is hard enough as it is, but it was also into the wind. So why he thought that was a good idea. I don't know. He even said after the game that it was a terrible decision. Um, So at least he owned up to it, but yeah, that right off the bat was very, very questionable and you could play hindsight 2020 and say, you know, what could have been different if we let our all pro punter, punt the ball, maybe we get a stop, whatever, pick six happens. Who knows? The game could have been totally different if we didn't miss that field goal, Um, especially since the final score was only by three points. So uh, that was really weird. Um, It's kind of funny that 28-3, you know, game scores now, it's kind of becoming a thing. The the Falcons blew a 28-3 lead. The Bills blew a 28-3 lead. Um and like I said, all the way up until, you know, the Rams had the lead with four minutes and 30 seconds left in the game. But uh, it just ended up not being good enough. But uh, we'll, we'll kind of look at some of the positives. Um, we had a lot of standout players. Aaron Donald had a great game. Goff ended up being 23 for 32, 321 yards, two touchdowns. Did have one pick. Uh, he also had a rushing score. Uh, Daryl Henderson had another really good game, 20 carries, 114 yards and a touchdown. And that's what I wanted, Nick. And um, I'm sorry to in- interrupt there, but no, 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 you're good. if you hear the preview last week, I really wanted the Rams to somehow run the football effectively against his Bills front. We needed to see how they would do against a very stout front. And, you know, it, it was quite impressive to see the holes that were there. The consistency of the blocking up front is not like last season. And um, listen, it can be said that I think that Goff had his worst half of football probably in this game. You know what I'm saying? With I, I think it was his his interception where he tried to force it in there, and it was just there was three bills around. I forget the wide receiver. It's just so it was just a dumb throw. You know what I'm saying? But then you know yet again to come back and to actually go up 
the way they did and for Woods and Cup to all of a sudden start exploding, you know, in the second half, two guys which you've signed to contract extensions, two guys that we agreed um, last week when we found out about Woods having that extension. These are the guys that have to be relied on when the when the push comes to shove. And I thought they answered that perfectly. And then you add on with Daryl Henderson, where he's running the ball. Um, you know, I, I would have wanted to see Cam Akers in there, but obviously we know what happened to him. And, you know, the week before, and it doesn't look promising that he'll uh, play this week against the Giants anyways, according to our, our um, Rams reporter, Jordan Rodriguez. So, but listen, those are all positives there. And as like I said, it sucks to lose the way you did, but man, you showed a lot of heart. You showed a lot of pride. Not to mention that you would have told me that this team would have ended their record at 2-1 and one after finishing their second game in back-to-back on the East Coast. Man, I would take that any day. Yeah, so Woods ended up finishing with uh, five catches for 74 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he also had three carries for 30 yards. Uh, Cup ended up catching nine of 10 targets for 107 yards and a touchdown. So um, lots of bright spots, lots of bright spots. Um, I would love, and this is very premature because it's only been three weeks, but uh, I would love to see a Rams-Bills Super Bowl uh, because mm-hmm. the – the rematch for that game you have to think would be phenomenal Um, because that game was just intense. And the only game I can think of off the top of my head that would even compare. uh, And I guess it's just because it's another 28, three lead was that Patriots Falcons Super Bowl because Uh... I've never seen a comeback like that before. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. And it was funny because all the bills fans, every time the Rams would score or get a first down, the bills fans are kind of, jaded they've had a rough past if you if you know anything about the bills history bills Bills mafia (laughs) yeah they've had a rough past so they're all kind of in a tough spot and every time the rams got a first down or scored they're like here we go again uh you know here we're gonna blow this game too like we blow all of our other games um so they were very nervous they were very very concerned um and if any bills fans were out there and they were not jared goff believers or they were not believers in the rams they sure as hell are now because um they were um very nervous uh Mm -hmm. very very nervous and scared Mm -hmm. towards the end of that game so i would love to see a rams bill super bowl that would be awesome i would love to see that rematch um yeah nick and just one more positive thing um we talked also last week how the how the rams front needed to come out in this game and actually create some havoc um i thought obviously in the first half they made plays but obviously you know dumb penalties and it just felt like the bills were getting all the bounces but how about some sacks from the defensive line you had aaron donald with two you had leonard floyd with one you had morgan fox with one so at least that d line all of a sudden is getting its rhythm back you know after you know you know listen you beat the eagles but you didn't even pressure carson wentz enough you know per se so it felt good to at least to get at least aaron donald um, you know, the way that he exploded in the second half, got the sack, got the strip and the recovery. That's what it's all about right there. Yeah. Um, the D line did look good. There were, there are some miscues in the second. Yeah. Yeah. Though. Yeah. These are some of the negatives. That I <laughs> yeah, here we go. <laughs> some of the negatives that I saw, there was just some inexcusable, very, very poor tackling. Oof. Um, and it's Bad. still early in the year and we know everything that's going on with, you know, no preseason. We got it. We don't have to rehash that stuff anymore, but, um, there was a lot of very poor tackling and I don't know if it was missed assignments or poor communication, but 
that last drive where Cole Beasley was just getting wide open, there was literally nobody near him and he was catching passes. Um, and that third and 22, that should have never happened. That's inexcusable. Um, how we gave that up on, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like I said, if it was a miscommunication or what the deal was, I know, I think it was, um, I'm blanking on who it was, but someone slipped on that coverage. I'm sure that was part of the reason why he was so open. Um, I'm trying to remember the play, but the only thing that keeps bugging me is that Taylor Rapp keeps over, like he keeps over, I guess, over pursuing. And there were a couple of plays that I felt he could have made, but he just didn't look like he was in the right position to make it. And it's just so frustrating because you want this guy in his second year to make those plays, but you know, sometimes it's a hit or miss. Yeah. Um, Every time I saw him and Abukam, every time I saw him on the screen, I was disappointed. Uh, that's kind of harsh to say, but every time I saw them on the screen, it wasn't because they were doing something good. It was because they screwed something up and they blew a coverage or I saw a Bukum, I think several times he would get near Josh Allen and he would kind of like get his hands on him or his arms around him, but then he couldn't finish the deal and, you know, take him down. Um, it, it was just some of those defensive plays. It was really rough. So, no, and then, and then the one thing that I also said, um nick last week was you, you know what you're going into this game knowing what josh allen can do with his legs i would be surprised as you know if if stanley he doesn't you know he doesn't assign you know kaiser or whatnot to be like a spy we didn't see none of that in the first half whatsoever and i'm thinking to myself well what are you waiting to do that like you know what i'm saying but then you want to you know apparently you had pressure on allen but when the bookum can't you know tackle him and whatnot it creates all those other extra yards and plays and lanes it's like you know what i'm saying it just it's it's frustrating because you in a in a way you had them where you wanted them in the first half but yet you didn't make the plays you hurt yourself by not making those plays and then that's how the bills got up what was it 20 something to three and, and you're thinking to yourself geez like what the hell's going on here and then you saw the adjustments made in the second half a little bit too late but this is a game that I'm pretty sure the Rams are going to look at throughout the season and learn from, um, not on the field, obviously, because the game is already, you know, over and done with. But to use this as, as as an experience and as a stepping stone to once you, you know, once you get into the same position like this, by, by the means, not same position being down like this, but to, you know, when, when you face a Josh Allen again, especially if you do in the Super Bowl or a quarterback like that, like Patrick Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson, all of those things, you know, should take it should be taken into an account after seeing how this whole thing um, unfolded. So, yeah, um, definitely didn't lose this game because of the offense. Um, no. It was just some defensive miscues. Normally, uh, normally in the NFL, when your offense scores thirty plus, that's giving you a pretty good shot to win the football game. Yeah, you can't really ask for much more uh certainly i think a big factor defensively uh, jordan fuller getting hurt kind of early in the game with a shoulder injury and not really being out there that ended up being pretty big in my opinion absolutely because um, he was so, your leading tackler too yes so um if you take out you know some of those situations where taylor rap was out there and you put jordan fuller out there maybe something different happens so that ended up being i think um pretty critical as well um, and uh, a couple of um, a couple of um, Rams injuries notes up, up to date from today. So yeah, so I did report that Cam Akers is out. Jordan Fuller is questionable. 
That is according to the Turf Show Times. Yeah, he's uh, got that shoulder issue, and he was limited in practice on Wednesday, limited on Thursday. So um, we'll, we'll see. I personally, I don't think we'll need him against the Giants. So if, if it, I'd, I rather, mm-hmm. I'd rather him just kind of take a week off and fully recover. Um, so we'll see. Uh, obviously the biggest takeaway that I have, and then we'll move on to the giants. The biggest takeaway I have from this is this team appears to be very resilient because if you can go into halftime with that deficit and come out and still be motivated and still play on the road. Yeah. That speaks a lot to, yeah, yeah, that speaks a lot to the coaching staff and the players because they could have very easily been like, you know what? This ain't it guys. We'll see you next week. Um, don't get hurt out there, but that's not what happened. They fought the whole way. Um, so the fact that, you know, this team has that kind of makeup, that's great. So love to see that, uh, going on to week four, we're going to play the giants. I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this because the giants are trash. I'm just, I don't, (laughs) I, uh, give some respect to the G man. Will you? No, um, they're not the jets, but, uh, Sunday. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, so, open, I mean, I'm sorry. When you go for it on fourth and one from your own 30 or whatever that is, and you quarterback sneak it with a guy that's what, six, six, and you can't get it. Yeah. You're pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. The, um, the giants offensive line has been pretty bad this year and they've been pretty bad for a while now. So I really hope that we can continue that streak where, we're getting Aaron Donald's getting some sacks. We can get some Floyd can get some sacks. Uh, I really hope that we could do that this week because this offensive line is not good at all. Uh, so hopefully we can continue that trend. Um, the Rams are going to be home, which is great. Uh, obviously the giants are zero and three. Their offense is dead last. Um, shout out Jason Garrett, their new offensive coordinator. Good for you, buddy. Um, <laughs> their defense is 17th. So they're not horrible. They're not great. They're just kind of there. Um, what I thought was really funny about the defense was um, Sean McVay had a quote that uh, he was kind of gassing the defense up. And I don't really get it because he told the media on Wednesday that uh, his the defense for the Giants has been, quote, a real pain. And I don't know. Where the oh. hell he's getting this? I, I I think it's coach speak. Honestly, I think he's just trying to uh, gas up the defense and motivate his offensive guys because the Giants gave up 26 points and 349 yards to the Steelers in Week One. Week Two, they gave up 17 points and 304 yards to the Bears, um, who have that that was Mitch Trubisky Bears. Uh, and then Week Three, they gave up 36 points and 420 yards to the 49ers. And that was a 49ers team that didn't have Garoppolo, didn't have Kittle, didn't have Mostert. Uh so this defense sucks. Um I don't know where he came up with that that quote, but uh this defense is not good. So oh, come on Nick, listen, you got to love the way that Sean McVay comes on and says these things. You you know why? This is the National Football League. It's any given no, no, no. You know what? Forget about it. The Giants. Yeah, no, no, no. I can't even convince myself. So. No, no, this ain't it, man. This ain't it. So um, the, the team's leading rusher for the Giants is Daniel Jones, who's their quarterback, by the way. That's not good. Um, he's leading the team in rushing with 92 yards. 
obviously the Giants on the injury front, biggest injury, one of the best players in the game, Saquon Barkley. He's done ACL injury. He's not coming back. They don't have Sterling Shepard and safety Jabril Peppers is out Sunday as well. So they weren't that great to begin with. And now you take away some of their best players, even worse. So I, I don't know how many points the Giants are going to score on Sunday, but uh, I can't imagine it's going to be much. Um, we already kind of touched on the Rams injuries a little bit. Uh, obviously, we're, we're expecting Cam Akers to be out. Um, other than that, I didn't really see anybody else missing any time. We just kind of have some questionable guys in there. Nothing really big of note. Um, Sebastian Joseph Day didn't practice on Wednesday. Neither did Josh mm-hmm. Reynolds, but they were full participants on Thursday. So don't anticipate them missing the game or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um Going into Sunday, uh, the Rams are going to be debuting a new uniform combination. Um, I love sadly, it. Sadly, it's still the same uniforms. Um, <laughs> Damn. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here just trying to get hyped about it. I can't wait to see it at the new stadium. I can't wait, especially since the other L.A. team can't even win a game. And then here you go with all your Debbie Downer with the uniforms, man. Come yeah, on. You, you, know what, you know what's really pissing me off is I keep going on Twitter and I see all these Rams fans that are all of a sudden Loving fans it. of the uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. A couple months ago, you guys were trashing this. And now all of a sudden, you guys are like, these ran- these jerseys are fire. Look at how great. And I'm like. They lit, baby. They lit. Yeah, you guys are frauds, man. These jerseys (laughs) suck, and shame on you for going back on what you said a couple months ago. Um, But anyway, they're going to be wearing the uh, yellow pants with the royal jerseys. Correction, correction, the soul pants. Yeah, excuse me, soul, (laughs) soul. God forbid I don't give them the respect. Um, It was really funny, actually, when I was watching the game with all the Bills fans. A couple of my buddies were like, Every time the camera would like zoom in on a Rams player, they kept noticing all these little details on the jerseys, and they're like, "What the hell's that patch?" I'm like, "I I don't know, man. I, I can't tell you. It, it says Rams. I, we already yeah. know we're the Rams. I don't know why it's there." Nick, um, the um the one thing though that I will say that I don't like about the jerseys, especially with the royal blue, is how the number itself starts to fade. Um, you know, it's 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 very deep in color and depth at the top, and I love. And as it goes down, it just fades. That's one thing that I don't like. like yeah, I wish it was gradient, a solid blue or a solid white. Yeah, the white. gradient look yes. on the the numbers is not good. Um, yeah. I don't like the the way the font looks either. It's a weird looking kind of like, I don't know. It looks like something a first grader would draw. I don't know. I'm just not a fan. Um, but yeah, it was really funny. The Bills fans were just like. What the hell is that? What's that? You know, and I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> What's that? Uh, and they were well. like, you, they were making fun of me because of the uh, the bone jerseys. They're like, oh yeah, bone. That's so cool. I'm like, shut up, guys. All right, I don't, I don't want to hear it. Um, Bills so, fans, man. I'm just listen. To be honest, I'm just happy that you survived Bills Mafia, man. That's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, like because I I'm said, sure, yeah. because I'm sure after after every single Rams touchdown, I'm pretty sure you wanted to yell and scream and say, "Yeah, this is no. Ram." And no, no I'm because stay seated and order my wings. Yeah, I'm no, like, I uh, waiter, can I have another poutine, please? We just scored another touchdown. I have this flavor. <laughs> I sat there and. I was literally like my hands were shaking towards the end of the game because I was like, oh, my God, they're going to pull this off. Oh, my God. So the whole time I didn't want to jinx it. I didn't want to say anything because we were down so much. I was just like, I'm just going to watch this game and I'm not going to say anything. 
I'm just going to root for them and we'll see what happens. Um, so yeah, I, it, it was crazy. I was a mess at the end of that game. I was, I was a legit mess. Um, the, uh, betting line for this one is pretty crazy. Uh, Per bet MGM, the Rams are 13 and a half point favorites, which is huge in the betting world. Uh, the money line is plus 575 for the Rams. So you better be putting a lot of money on them if you want to get any kind of return on your investment. And uh, the over under for this game is 47 and a half. Um, I, I don't even know if the Giants are going to score many points. So that over under is, I feel like the under would kind of be the safe bet there, but who knows? Um, Obviously, I think the the Rams are going to win this one kind of easily. Hopefully, we can come out of it, you know, injury free, and uh, we'll continue on with the season. We'll be three and one, and we'll be good to go. Um, do you I see totally the agree. Rams? Yeah, I was going to say, do you do you see the Rams having any kind of issue with the Giants at all? Not at all. Um, this game should be won from beginning to end. Um, if at any point the Rams are losing in this game, uh, that's going to get me a little bit upset, not worried. But I feel like at the end of the day, the way that the offense is rolling and the way that the defense has played thus far this season, I you know, like you even said, it, no Barkley, no Shepard, uh, basically no offense for the New York Giants. Uh, you know, uh, I almost said I almost said Eli Manning's not walking through that door. What the hell am I talking about? <laughs> so yeah, it's just no. one of it's one of them things. Um, listen, get get there on Sunday, play your game, win it. Get ready for Washington because after Washington, that's when the real grudge of the season begins. Uh, Kerry Collins is not walking through that door, James. Uh, neither is Phil Sims. Yeah, neither is Phil. Sims. <laughs> or whatever, whatever that's worth. Uh, neither is Bill Parcells. If you don't like their coach, which I'm trying to still figure out how, because I know, listen, I know a lot of Giants fans because I'm an Eagles fan. They still don't know anything about Judge. They're still trying to figure that out. Why was he even on the list? And what gets even more upset is that you have Jason Garrett coming along for the ride when they've witnessed him, you know, actually lose the season for the Cowboys year after year after year. So uh, it's just one of them things that, you know, the fans just, ugh, they just. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's got to be a, a, a small part of Jerry Jones that is sitting back and kind of laughing at mm -hmm. the giant struggles and like, yeah, yep, glad we got rid of you. You ain't it. Um, honestly, I think Joe judge probably got the job because he's a Belichick guy. And, uh, of course, of course, a lot of, a lot of owners for whatever reason seem but, to think that just because you were a Belichick guy, that you're a genius and, uh, they get jobs. So, but, but also the only special teams coach that I have seen that has flourished has been hardball with the Ravens. I can't remember of another special teams guy that has come in as a head coach, Listen, I, I get it. It's still his first season, so we still haven't seen much from Judge. But, you know, throughout my years, you know, I've been watching this game for 30-plus seasons. I've only seen, you know, Harbaugh from the Ravens that wasn't that was a special teams coach ever have so much success in the NFL. So, you know, again, you are right. It's, it's coming from the Bill Belichick tree, but how many coaches from that tree haven't even finished, you know, their three- or four-year contracts from the first one that they signed? I mean, the list can go on and on and on. A lot of them just uh, don't pan out. Um, mm -hmm. The only one that's really had any success so far has been Mike Vrabel, and it's still really early, but he's honestly been the only one that's had some... But he wasn't even a coach, though, on the Patriots. He was a player, right? 
I think he was a linebackers coach at one point okay. or something like okay. that. Um, I don't okay. think he was ever like a defensive coordinator or anything like that, but I think he was like a mm-hmm. linebackers coach or something for like a season. I'd have to fact check that. But um, by the way, I did. I, I did want to clarify on one of our earlier pods um, during the season. And I think you said that it's all about Bill Belichick, not Brady. I can finally say that after week three, I know it's early, but man, Bill Belichick is just that dude, man. Tom Brady. Yeah, I was wrong. And I'm not afraid to say it right now after three weeks. So, uh, <laughs> Bill yeah, Belichick's it, genius. The way the way he's he's formed Cam Newton once again made him. Jeez, dude, like that's just incredible, man. That's unbelievable what that organization with him has done. Crazy. Yeah. If you just off the top of my head, um, I'm sure there might be a few other ones, but uh, the Patriots coaching tree, the people that have left, Eric Mangini. He's no longer Gone. coaching. Weiss. Uh, yeah, Weiss. Weiss. Yeah, no longer. Romeo, in the Romeo, Romeo Cornell, Romeo, I think, Romeo has Cornell. left. Yeah, he's no longer a head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh McDaniels, that head coaching stint with the Broncos was trash. Horrendous. He's no, yeah, he hasn't. The only opportunity he got after that was the Colts, and he supposedly accepted the job, and then like the same day or the next day was like, yeah, I take it back. And then yeah. Frank Wright got the job. <laughs> So, so you can probably say it's only Brian Flores right now in Miami. That's about it. I'd say even that's questionable because Correct. he hasn't really yeah. done anything no. yet. I mean, granted, they haven't had a great roster necessarily, but um, the book is still open on him. And it's like just like mm. the book's still open on uh, Vrabel. And uh, uh, Brian – or not Brian. Is that his – wait, I always get his name wrong. Brian – uh, the head coach, right? Brian DeVoe. Oh, Bill O'Brien. Bill yeah, O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill He's O'Brien. also a Belichick guy. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm still trying to figure out why the Houston Texan organizations. Um, look at me, the Houston Texans organization. Why they still decided to keep him after he did that trade? Listen, I understand he didn't agree with with the best player on the team, but you can't do that type of trade, man. And now you're zero and three. I mean, poor Deshaun Watson, he's trying to find Randall Cobb on his final legs and Cooks is not even getting open. I mean, what did you expect to happen? Yeah, um, that that whole situation, it's really, really tricky when you allow the head coach to be the head coach and also the GM. That's tough because... Only Bill Belichick has proven to do it. Yeah. And it's, you know what I'm saying? And... You know, it's it's not for the sake of heart, man. It's it's not easy. People think it's easy and well, not that they think it's easy, but it's like, well, you know what? I can do it because I've been in this league for such a long time and I was under the Bill Belichick tree. That doesn't mean anything, man. If if you don't know how to balance it out and if you don't have guys that believe in your system and what you're doing, you might as well be gone because this is the NFL. This ain't no high school or Pop Warner League. Yeah, so... So one one thing that I wanted to bring up before we uh, close this episode. So another memo came out for the coaches not wearing their face masks correctly. At one point, is it going to, like, the fines, listen, the fines are going to keep happening. But at one point, when is this just going to just, I don't know, not stop per se, but it's just getting bad. It's getting really bad. Yeah, I don't know. And um, we've also seen our first postponement of the season. the uh, uh, That is true. Yes. So now the yeah. game between the Titans and Steelers is no longer happening. I think they moved it to next Wednesday. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I just know the <laughs> game got postponed, and uh, I, I think at last check, there had been seven positive tests um, on the Titans. I think it was like three players or four players and like three coaching staff or something like that. Mm-hmm. So um, now yes, with no, no. That, so the game, I'm sorry, so the game has been rescheduled for October 25th, but today came out that two more Titans came out positive. Yeah, so... so uh, th- this isn't going to be the first postponement. Obviously, uh, we've already seen it happen in, in baseball. There's a lot of games that were postponed and, and never even made up. So this isn't going to be the first postponement. I'm sure this is going to happen again to another team. Uh, and you have to think that with this game getting postponed and all these positive tests, the NFL is going to start finding people even more because they're going to say, you know what? You guys didn't take it seriously in the beginning. Now we've got a postponement and we've got people testing positive. This is everyone's responsibility and you're messing up. So now we're going to start finding you more. Um, so we'll see what happens. But uh, I mean, the coronavirus don't care, you know? Nope. So um <sighs> I, I hope the Rams don't get affected by it because I don't want to see a situation where it starts turning into a two week, three week, something like that. Um, you know, losing bye weeks, things like that. So um, hopefully the Rams could stay free of all this. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a problem in the NFL. I don't know what the deal is with the the not wearing the face masks and stuff. Um, I, I it get just it feels like it line, just but... no. I mean, it just feels like like listen. I think Mike Leach. Uh, the the uh, head coach of the um, Mississippi State, he actually said it, you know, quite well. Was like, well, you, you know, I'm the coach and the offensive coordinator. I can't be yelling at my players and calling a play on offense while having the mask on, because then it falls on the floor. Okay, it's not like the ref is gonna pause the play clock for me to pick it up again and put it back on my face and for me to call the play again. You know what I mean? So it's just some things like you know the coaches are gonna have to figure out a way in which. You know, they could be comfortable doing it because at the end of the day, coaches need to be able to speak clearly to their quarterbacks in their headset if they're the offensive coordinator or whoever they're talking to. So there has to be some there's going to have to be some sort of way or some sort of, I don't know, invention, I guess, per se, because I don't see this changing at all. And I'm sorry if Sean McVay has to you know tell something to golf and he can't hear him clearly with a mask only without it. I'm sorry. You're playing the game of football. And, then, and in this game, coaches can be fired for, you know, for anything. And players can be sidelined for anything. So we need to make sure that the communication is, is crisp and that it's, you know, related in, you know, for them to understand it. But this is just becoming ridiculous because I understand what they're trying to do and trying to prevent. But if the players and the coaches are already being tested throughout the week, they've been tested mostly every single day since the start of the training camp when it happened. What's the big deal about it? That's my issue. Yeah, um, it's tough because they get tested so frequently and they've gotten so many negative tests that you could make the argument there's no point in them wearing a mask on the sideline because everybody's negative. But now with all these positives on the Titans, you kind of have to wonder, okay, well, even if we got some negatives, do we, you know, what's going on? Because we thought we were negative, but now we've got positives. Um, And honestly, I feel like, the game day stuff might not even be the biggest issue. It might be all the stuff during the week because hopefully the coaches are, you know, setting the example and telling these guys, Hey, when you leave, when you go, when you're done with practice, 
Don't be going out, going to parties and all this other crazy stuff. You know, you guys got to stay home when you can and, and wear your masks and be as safe as you can during the week because we need you on Sunday. So, um, with you, with you. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Um, I know this isn't going to be the first one, but uh, hopefully we don't get too many more because it'll probably throw a wrench into the whole season. So I guess it's always possible if some catastrophe happens, they could just push back the playoff dates or push back the Super Bowl date or whatever, but hopefully it doesn't come to that. With you, man. So, yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, that was episode 16. Hopefully oh, next man. week. I We're mean, almost to 20. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Almost uh, there. Almost there, Jalen Ramsey. Almost there. Almost there. Um, quick thing. Uh, guys, don't forget, we're on Twitter at Mob Squad Pod. You can follow the podcast there. You can follow me at Manny C underscore 17. And you can follow my man, Nick, at Weak Sauce. What else? Sorry, I keep forgetting. 13. That. Weak Sauce 13. Let's go. Weak Sauce. 13. Yeah. Jim Everett uh, up here, baby. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully next week when we come back, we'll be talking about a W and then we'll be on to Washington. The nation's capital. Yep. Nation's yeah, capital. So, Two uh, weeks. Two weeks before we face those, uh, that football team in the Bay Area, which I don't like to uh, pronounce their names anymore. They're a bunch of whiners about <laughs> <out> the field. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a fun one. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, guys, uh, if you do have any questions or anything, obviously hit us up on Twitter. We always appreciate the support and all that stuff. So thanks for listening. Take care. We'll talk to you next time.